0: the celebration of the resurrection. We are delighted to have everybody in the house today. 1 Corinthians chapter number 2. I want to say how beautiful my wife looks today. Where is she? There's just something about a hat like that. It just it makes all the birds envious. want to tell you what, Pentecostalism and a lot of things, we believe in giving our absolute best to him that gave his best. Amen. Great to see everybody here today. First Corinthians chapter number two, begin reading in verse number six. Howbeit we speak wisdom among them. That are perfect. That's talking about the church of the living God. Yet not the wisdom of this world, nor of the princes of this world, that comes to naught or comes to nothing. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory, which none of the princes of this world knew, for had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. The devil thought, we got him. We got him. We finally got rid of this Jesus, the Son of God, which none of the princes of this world knew. Or had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory, the wisdom of the resurrection, the wisdom of the resurrection. Let's put our Bibles down. I know that we've worshiped God a bunch in this house, but let's let's sharpen our focus right now and allow God to speak to our hearts. Come on, let's lift up our voices and let's pray. Father, by the authority of the name of Jesus, those that are here today, there should be some things available in this environment that cannot be attained in any other environment known to flesh. We pray as the church of the living God for the transcending of truth. Beyond the mask, beyond the hurts, beyond the facade, beyond the religiosity, we ask it in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. God bless you. You may be seated. No other human... Event so characterizes the purpose of God than the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. The resurrection is the hope of the church, every child of God, it is the rejoicing of angels, and it is the substance of the gospel. The Apostle Paul defined what the gospel was in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 1 through 4. He said, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also you have received, and wherein ye stand, by which also ye are saved. If you keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that He was buried, and that He rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. The reason why that is preeminently important to us this morning is because some of the largest denominations in the world today are still wearing gold chains with Jesus still on a cross. For them, the gospel is simply that Jesus died on a cross. But the scriptures declare unto us that it's far more than Jesus on a cross. But it also declares that he was buried and that he rose again. The resurrection according to the scriptures and so the gospel by biblical definition apostolic definition holy ghost definition is the death the burial and the resurrection of Jesus Christ if you would if you could continue to read with me in your bibles here in 1 Corinthians 15 it said that after Jesus was resurrected that he was seen of up to 500 people. God wanted it to be known that there's evidence. There are eyewitness accounts that people saw Jesus after he resurrected. The resurrection defies human logic, human reason, human analysis, human intellect, examination, explanation, investigation, and understanding. According to Acts 17 and 18, Paul preaching on Mars Hill, they said then certain philosophers of uh, the Epicureans and of the Stoics encountered him. And some said, what shall this babbler say? Others some He seemeth to be a setter forth of strange gods because he preached unto them Jesus and the resurrection. Although they were the smartest men in the Hellenistic age, they could not wrap their brain around the resurrection. Hallelujah. It is the centerpiece of the ministry of Jesus. It is the nucleus of his mission. And this is the most definitive purpose of Jesus, his death, his burial, and his resurrection. In John chapter number 11, verse number 25, Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet he shall live. Somebody said, praise the Lord. Somebody said, I'm alive. As I've already mentioned in 1 Corinthians 15, the Apostle Paul, after defining the gospel, he let those in Corinth know that there were eyewitness accounts, up to 500 people, that saw Jesus. In fact, and interestingly, there are other resurrections, many resurrections in the Word of God that took place in this life. In Matthew chapter number 27 and verse number 50, Jesus, when he had cried again with a loud voice, yielded up the ghost. And behold, the veil of the temple was rent in twain from the top to the bottom, and the earth did quake, and the rocks did rent, and the graves were opened, and many bodies of the saints which slept arose. Can you imagine Being in Jerusalem on that day when Jesus died for the sins of humanity and the graves were opened and people relatives, people that you had been to their funeral years before began to get out of the graves and began to walk around. That was an amazing thing. The resurrection became a principle that shattered both the spiritual realm, both the intellectual realm, and into the physical realm. Oh, I would that somebody would clap your hands and give him praise. The raising of Lazarus from the dead was the last miracle that Jesus did before his apprehension and arrest. It symbolized the resurrection. This is why Jesus waited two extra days before going to the tomb of Lazarus. It was his last miracle, it was his last message. It was his last indication that I'm getting ready to do something that is going to shatter the perception of life and shatter the perception of death. And then you know the story. Hallelujah. Jesus cried with a loud voice and said, Lazarus, come forth. And then in verse number 43 of John chapter number 11 The Bible said, and when he thus spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he that was dead came forth, bound hand and foot with grave clothes. His face was bound with a napkin. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, the resurrection is a reality. We are here today, hallelujah, because Jesus, hallelujah, rose from the dead. But the good news is it's for everybody. It's for every human being. It's for every drug addict. It's for every alcoholic. It's for every broken man. Let's just take a minute and give God the praise. Oh, come on, somebody. Every one of these occasions that was a prefiguring of Jesus being resurrected were resurrections of people that still continue to live their life. In our modern religious thinking, we think that the resurrection is just for the last day. Affording to 1 Corinthians chapter number 15, if you believe that, you would be correct. But of all the examples that I just showed you, Jesus resurrected people that still lived. Meaning that the resurrection is not only future tense, but the resurrection is in the present tense. I'm going to shatter your religious Sunday school thinking of thinking that the resurrection is just future tense. No, 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 no. Tim, go ahead and stand up. I'm here to show you that you can rise to newness. That's the whole message of the gospel. Somebody shout. the first message that was ever preached from humanity to humanity after the ascension of Jesus, it is recorded in Acts chapter 2 and verse number 38. Then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. We are going to tighten the noose around incomplete religious thinking. We are going to banish somehow faulty Pentecostal upbringing. You have to understand that the resurrection is not just future tense, but the resurrection is right here and it is right now. When the apostle Peter preached, he preached repentance, baptism, and the infilling of the Holy Ghost. Paul defined the gospel as the death, the burial, and the resurrection. When Peter preached in Acts chapter 2 and verse number 38 to apply the death of Jesus Christ, he preached repentance. Let me make it a little bit more plain. In 1 John 5 and 7, it said, These three bear record in the earth, the blood, the water, and the spirit. The blood is applied through repentance. Burial is applied in the water. And the resurrection power is in the unction and the infilling of the Holy Ghost. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. I want us to give the Lord a great hand clap of praise right now. This ain't... This ain't mom's religion. This is not country store religion. This is not Reformation religion. This is apostolic power to emerge the human race into another level of living. This is exactly why. The apostolic church was taking over the eastern block of the Roman Empire. They were taking over Asia Minor city by city. And when Constantine discovered that he was losing the grip on the, on the oriental portion of his kingdom, he said, hold it, let's rename Byzantium Constantinople and let's turn years of being pagans into being Christians and let's form a creed and a doctrine in which all of the Roman Empire can now convert to Christianity. But we will determine what they believe. We will determine what they know. We will determine exactly what they think. And so it was a hybrid of political leaders of the day and religious leaders of the day, and it became known as the birthplace of the Roman Catholic Church. But I'm here to tell you, they can do anything they want to change it. But my Bible says... Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins. And you shall, you shall, you shall, you shall, you shall, you shall. Come on, let's give the devil a black eye. Somebody praise him. You might be visiting with us today and say, Ah, you're just a bunch of emotional Pentecostals. Romans chapter 6, starting in verse 1, the Apostle Paul, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid, how shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Know ye not? I'm not trying to be ugly against the plethora of denominationalism in our world, but it is our responsibility in this hour of spiritual confusion and the influence of the Antichrist to lift up our voices like we never have before and proclaim the truth. Come on, somebody. Somebody preach with the pastor today. Know ye not? Don't you know? Don't you realize that so many of us, as we're baptized into Jesus Christ, we're baptized into his death? Why is that important, Pastor? Because when you obey Acts 2.38, you are coming into alignment with the principle that was blasted in the darkness between heaven and earth. When you repent and are baptized, you are uniting yourself with the burial and the death of Jesus Christ. Next verse. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death. That one of the major false doctrines in our world today is denominationalism and non denominationalism that says you don't have to be baptized to be saved. Well, honey, would you explain to me exactly how to be saved? Well, I just received Jesus as my Savior. That is not New Testament salvation. That may qualify you as a believer, but you're not a receiver. You gotta go down in a burial. You gotta go down in the grave. You gotta go down in the name. Let's go ahead and shout with a voice of triumph. The wisdom of the resurrection. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death. Nobody wants to say that a particular large church on a particular large piece of ground anywhere in America is preaching a false doctrine. But, ladies and gentlemen, anything a man or an angel that tries to tell you you're fine without being united with the death, the burial, and the resurrection, except a man is born of water and of spirit. He cannot enter in to the kingdom of God. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism. I was having a Bible study um there was a young man that used to go to this church many moons ago and his mother sweet woman in her 70s consented to a 12 week bible study we got to lesson number 7 that was totally on baptism showed i don't know 10 different biblical scriptures that talked about baptism i'm just at least And after the Bible study I asked her, I said, have you been baptized in Jesus' name? She said, Pastor, I go to the large church over there and my pastor said, I don't have to be baptized to be saved. If any man or any angel Come preaching any other gospel which you have not received. Let them be a curse. And no marvel for even Satan is able to manifest himself as an angel of life. I am thanking God for what I've got. I am thanking God that I've got this. I am so thankful that I know the truth. Somebody lift your voice like a trumpet and give God the praise. It's a huge deal. It's eternal. It is impossible to be in the first resurrection if you've not been resurrected here first. Oh, I know there's hospital room confessions and It's amazing when you try to nail people down with truth, everybody talks about the loopholes. Instead of the great opportunity of so great a salvation, Everybody's got the loopholes about grandma on her, on her deathbed, and I'm not going to touch grandma on her deathbed. I pray, and I hope she's saved, and I'm going to leave that up to God. But I know what the Bible says, and it doesn't just say once. It says it over and over and over and over and over and over. You must be born again. You've got to be baptized in Jesus' name. You've got to be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. You've got to be baptized in the name of the Lord. When we are buried with him, we are buried with Jesus Go to the next verse. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. Next verse. Next verse. I'm sorry. There was no Wheaties this morning. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. Next verse, for he that is dead is freed from sin. Ladies and gentlemen, when you obey Acts 2.38, you are united with the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The devil has done everything in his power. He has developed creeds. He has developed laws. He has developed extra-biblical uh, extra, extra biblical man-made laws to implement to, to be superior over people and to, and, and to dominate people, not letting people find the truth. But I have made up my mind in the 21st century, I may go out in an early grave, but I'm going to go out proclaiming the truth. Devil, you're not going to get anybody. We're after everybody. I don't care who you are. I don't care where you're from. I don't care what your last name is. Somebody shout with a voice of triumph. Colossians chapter 2, verses 11 and 12. In whom also ye are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands. I don't even have time to get into that, but that is the fulfillment of the Abrahamic covenant in putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. Next verse. Buried with him in baptism. If you have not been baptized in Jesus' name, you are not circumcised in your heart, which is one of the reasons why you're in and out, you're now you see me, now you don't, you can't seem to get stable, there's no solidity, there's no substance, that's right, I'm called to do this, I've got a right to do this, I have an obligation to do this, I have an unction to do this, I... If you're not resurrected here, you will not be resurrected there. Clap your hands and give him praise. I would not leave this building. If you're visiting here today without repenting of your sins and being baptized in Jesus' name. You said, I thought I was going to an Easter service. You are. You're going to be resurrected today. You're going to get resurrection power. Happy Easter. What good is Easter if you're not saved? Somebody go ahead and shout. Somebody go ahead and lift your voice. Somebody go ahead and magnify. Somebody go ahead and glorify. Somebody a while back Somebody a while back said, Pastor, you must be a young man. I said, why do you say that? I said, because man, you sure move around like one. That's okay. I'm leaving here to get in a wheelchair with oxygen. But bless your heart when it comes to talking about Jesus. I'm not going to talk more about a dime bag of meth like I did when I was in the world than excited over the glory of an almighty God. I'm not here to talk about clothes and possessions. I'm yalavayata yalavavaya. Somebody! Let's clap our hands and give him praise one more time. I feel this right now in the Holy Ghost. You know what? Okay, for the next several moments, I I want you for one second here to think of a backslider that is not here in this church. Okay, I want you to lift your hands. I want you to call out the name of that backslider. We are not going to quit praying. They are family members that are misplaced. They are God's missing children. The devil's got property that don't belong to him. I'm praying by the authority of the name of Jesus. I don't care how mixed up they are. I don't care how bad the pig pen. I don't care how far the country. God, come on somebody. Come on somebody. We ought to do this every Sunday. Come on, somebody. Let's do that one more time. Call that name out again. I'm calling the name of Drew. I'm calling the name Devin. I'm calling the name Steve. I'm calling the name John. Come on, somebody. That is not the property of hell. That is the property of God's kingdom. Come on, lift your voice. I can't hear you. Clap your hands. Shout. We're not going to back up. We're not going to give out. We're not going to sit down. We're not going to shut up. We're not going to give up. You may be seated. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for helping me. The devil got something that don't belong to him. We need to pray that they wake up and realize, I don't belong here. I don't belong on a bar stool. I don't belong with a needle in my arm. I don't belong all tatted up. I don't belong with a dime bag. I don't belong on the wrong side of town. I don't belong in a den of iniquity. I belong in the house of my friends. Somebody get mad at the devil. Somebody pray extra. Somebody do it again. Man, does this guy preach like this every week? Uh huh. Is your church like this every week? Yes. You might as already get used to it, but its all over. It's going to be the spirit of Antichrist that's propelling our government, and it's going to be the apostolic church. But the gates of hell shall not prevail. You might as well get used to it. You might as well get on God's side. They're going through the preliminaries. Might as well get over your hurts and dry your eyes and realize God ain't done with you. God just throwing a little bone out there. Say, I'm waking my church up. Hey, what you got? What you got? Amen. Our project across the street is moving pedal to the metal. guy that's our project manager, owns a company that is the largest church builder in America. Two weeks ago, he said, Pastor, I got 23 projects going on in America right now. That's small for him, you know, post-pandemic. He said, I don't get it. The only people building churches are apostolics. I'm trying to wake somebody up. I'm trying to bring you out of retirement. I'm trying to help you understand what you got and who you are. Go ahead and shout for Jesus. Now, for you clock watchers, I've only been preaching 40 minutes. And a freckle past a hair. That's Louisiana lingo that means it's 18 seconds past. He's only been preaching for 40 minutes. I got another 40 to go. Don't worry. Denny's will stay open for you. Baptism in Jesus' name is conclusive. It's apostolic. It's like a vein of reality that is founded deeply in the aggregate of Scripture. You can't get away from it. You have to dance around it. You have to believe a false doctrine to get away from it. Well, Pastor, it says in five places that they were baptized. But it said in two places they never got baptized. Okay. So I'm going to go ahead and side with the two. Oh, come on. You're out there. Don't act like I don't know where you're at today. I I love you. That's why I'm preaching this way. I don't want you to climb in your car and go back to a television and thinking that's all there is to life and that's all there is to reality. No, no, no. Brother Wokey, when people do that, they are willingly ignorant, the Bible says are choosing to believe a lie, proper hermeneutics, which is the science of interpretation, homiletics is the presentation of the gospel, apologetics is the defense of the gospel, hermeneutics is the presentation of the gospel, proper interpretation says you never side with the minority of accompanying scriptures. You always side on the majority of accompanying scriptures. Unless you're looking for a loophole. Unless you like the program. And that's really what's going on in our denominational world is the shopping for programs. I was I was at a uh a place of business here just a couple of days ago. I thought I thought the gentleman would be here today. And uh, he was talking to me about something and I was giving him a while While I was talking to him, the Holy Ghost moved on me, and I asked a businessman who was sitting behind his desk, has anybody ever told you about the baptism of the Holy Ghost? He looked at me, yes, yes, he looked at his arm, he said, I'm feeling chills right now. I said, God is moving on me right now. I said, God is moving on me to tell you something right now, that God has something for your life. He said, man, I can feel it on me right now. He said, you know what? I'm not even going to mention the name of the church. It's the big, huge one over in Post Falls. He said, I, that's where I go over there. But he said, really, can I be honest with you? He said, it's not me. It's all entertainment. The rock band is there to entertain people. He said, you know what? I'm coming to your church. Honey, if they can come." Up out of their closet if a man can become a woman and they're not ashamed of it don't be a somebody shout somebody praise him somebody lift your voice somebody give him glory somebody give god the praise Now back to my message. Colossians 6, 1 through 5 says, if you're going to be saved, Paul is explaining it in Romans chapter 6 it, like it was a past event because he's, he's writing to the church. He's not writing this to convince them. He's writing it to people that have already experienced. But he's filling in the theological and the supernatural understanding of what they experienced. This is why I'm not going to be baptized until I understand everything. You ain't never going to understand this because there are some mysteries where obedience, obedience is the pass card that said, you know what, it's in the word of God, the man of God's preaching the word of God, and that's all I need. But you know what, if you'll obey, understanding will come. If you'll obey, revelation will come. If you'll obey, impartation will, clap your hands and give him praise. Obedience is better than sacrifice. Romans chapter 6, Paul is explaining that by repenting of your sins and being baptized, you were united with his death and his burial. And then just like Jesus rose again, we are raised with him to newness of life. Colossians chapter 2 talks about the circumcision of the heart. The only way that God can write his law on your hearts and into your mind is if a heart has been baptized and circumcised because that takes away the stony, fleshly covering that was on the nation of Israel. It's all theologically intertwined. But Peter, Peter gives an understanding that goes deeper than the other two. 1 Peter chapter number 3. For Christ also has once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit. By which also he went and preached unto the spirits in prison. Which sometime were disobedient when once the long-suffering of God waited in the days of Noah. While the ark was a preparing wherein few, that is, eight souls were saved by water. Notice, eight souls were saved by water. That is the Old Testament illustration of a New Testament spiritual principle that's about to be uttered. Next verse. Verse 21. The like figure whereunto even baptism does now. The like figure whereunto even baptism doth now also. Not the putting away of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience towards God. You know what that good conscience is? The person, the candidate that's about to be baptized. Brother Wokey, 300 million people according to Christian Historians say there were at least 300, me, 300 million human beings died in Noah's flood. It rained and, rained and rained and rained and rained and rained and rained. There was no possible way of escape. But the person about to be baptized says, all right, you're going to put me under? Yes, you're about to be baptized in Jesus' name. You will let me up, won't you? No, that's exactly what that scripture saying. It's a sign of a good conscience. It's a sign of trust that you're not going to hold me under there like all the people that died in Noah's flood. But I'm going to go down, and just like Jesus came out after preaching in hell, he's coming out and he's leading captivity captive. You're going to go down, but honey, you're going to come up and you're going to come on, somebody. Go ahead and shout. Jesus being resurrected is the evidence that I'm not going down and staying down. That is exactly the theological meaning of that scripture right there. The sign of a good conscience towards God means that you're trusting God's word, that you're not going to leave me under the water like those hundreds of millions of people that died in Noah's flood. All right. There's probably some people that needed a little bit. No, a couple more seconds. Quit fighting so hard. Okay, let him out. What was the sign? What is the sign that you're not you're not gonna leave me under the water? The resurrection of Jesus Christ. Isn't that what it says? Jesus said, I'm going down, but I ain't staying down. Pastor, we brought our friends. It's Easter. Can't you talk about eggs and bunnies and flowers and sunshine? No. No. No, I can't waste any services on religious symbolism because that's exactly why some of you are in the mess you're in. It needs to become a living, breathing, daily engagement with the power and the unction of a risen God, the wisdom of the resurrection. First Corinthians chapter number two is the famous wisdom chapter. Verse number eight, we want to parse and put it under our exegetical magnifying glass for a few moments. Which none of the demons. Pastor, that says princes. Okay, what does Ephesians chapter 2 verse 2 say? He's the prince of the power of the air. He's the prince of this world. Which none of the princes of this world. In verse number 6, he talks about wisdom. That is from another world, which none of the princes of this world knew. For had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. If the devil had known that Jesus is going to rise on the third day, and not just him rise, but graves opening up, and people filling cobblestone streets of Jerusalem, being witnesses of the resurrection, and then Jesus showing himself to 500, they would have never crucified the Lord of glory. There is one verse of Scripture. You can search the Old Testament. There's many wonderful prophetical utterances that talk about the birth of Jesus Christ and his sufferings for all of humanity. But it's very, very rare. In fact, I'm only going to bring one out because I only know about this one. Micah 2. Brother Tristan, if you would do the honors. Rejoice not against me, O mine enemy. When Jesus got apprehended and led to the praetorium for a scourging, Satan was high-fiving. Satan was doing a dance. We got rid of him all the nonsense that he said all the promises that he said we've got him we've got him once and for all they scourged him you know the story they 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 gave him stripe after stripe after stripe his visage was marred more than any other he was unrecognizable when they got done with him they 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 then put the cross on his back and a thorny crown on his head, and they led him to the place of Golgotha, and the devil was high-fiving. The devil said, we used our Romans. We used the backslidden Jews. We got the job done. But there's a principle in the Old Testament. That Jesus fulfilled. Rejoice not against me, O mine enemy, when I fall. What happens when you fall? What happens, oh, I know, you, you, you could never possibly dream of doing that. You're here today, your hair's combed, everything's good, you probably smell good. What happens when you fail? What happens when, you- oh, just look straight ahead, you know I'm preaching to you. What happens when you mess up? I ain't staying down here, I'm resurrecting. You're looking at a preacher that has lived that over and over and over. Let me give somebody hope today. It's time to get up. It's time to stand up. It's time to grow up. Stand to your feet and clap your hands and give God the praise. Because Jesus got up, you can get up. You can reinvent yourself. You can be the person that God says you are. Come on, somebody help me. Clap your hands and give God the praise. I'm out of breath. Somebody clap your hands. Give God the praise. Give God the glory. I'm not staying down. I won't stay on the ground. I won't stay under the lies. I won't stay under the condemnation. I won't stay under the shame. Somebody shout. The wisdom of the resurrection is this. Jesus said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let the devil think he's got me. Because of me getting out of this hell, I'm gonna let every single human being get out of their private hell by standing back up, getting back up. Come on, let's, let's praise him. Somebody praise him, I'm done. Somebody give him the praise. If the devil had wisdom, he would have never put him on the cross. He would have never buried him in a tomb. If the devil had two cents on the ball, he would have never apprehended Jesus. He would have never given him the opportunity to kick the door down between life and death. I know it's easier. I know a lot of us got plans. And it's a great day to have plans. But I just wonder. I wonder if there's somebody that wants out of their prison. Jesus went and preached to the spirits that were in prison, Ephesians 4, and he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. I wonder. I wonder. I wonder if somebody wants to resurrect today. Let's lift our hands all over this building. Come on, reinvent yourself. As you look in the mirror after years of Pentecostal upbringing and you don't like what you see, you see flawed character and flawed behavior. Come on, give God an opportunity to resurrect you again to newness of life. The wisdom of the resurrection. I wonder if there's somebody that wants to rise to newness of life today. This altar's open. Come, come on, come on. Bring somebody with you. Bring a guest with you. Bring a friend with you. Bring somebody to this altar here and let's pray. I don't care if you've had the Holy Ghost a week or you've had the Holy Ghost for 40 years. There's always the opportunity to be resurrected a little higher, to go a little higher, to go a little further, to become perfect. Die to some area in your life and let God resurrect you to a new area of character. Success and glory. Come on. This altar is open. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Cornerstone, help us pray. Help us pray. Out of their self imposed prison. Jesus went and preached to the spirits that were.